Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Digital Audio Health by... Cymatrax. It's Al Cole from CBS Radio, and I want to tell you about a renaissance woman who excels at everything she puts her innovative mind to. And you know, I'm going to start it out like this. What would you say if I told you that I was going to introduce you to a lady who is a very successful business entrepreneur and a world-class creative force as a realtor, interior designer, hosts charity golf tournaments for wildlife, and is the cutting-edge author of the stunning Magical Forces Within? Well, Al, I'd say make the introduction, brother. <laughs> I've just been dying to learn some of all of those things from somebody who sounds like a real magnetic lady. <laughs> well, you're in luck because not only can you learn about the fabulous life accomplishments of this woman, whose name happens to be Rhonda Grant, <laughs> but week in and week out, Rhonda will introduce you to some of the most exciting guests on the planet as she hosts her own awesome podcast, The Rhonda Grant Show on Contact Talk Radio. Week to week, Rhonda skillfully weaves the magical forces within her with the extraordinary discoveries in the sometimes ordinary lives of her guests who blossom before your very eyes through the guidance and know-how of such a skilled and sensitive host as Rhonda Grant. you got to check it out. Check out all the action at rhondagrantauthor.com. That's rhondagrantauthor.com. to witness the extraordinary discoveries in otherwise ordinary lives. And I hear some of you asking right now, well, Al, how do you know all this? (laughs) I'll tell you. It's because I weave some of the same magic on my own nationally syndicated show called People of Distinction. It's all about humanity at its best. Every guest with extraordinary things to say about the magical forces within life itself. Get it? So check them out. The Rhonda Grant Show, Extraordinary Discoveries in Ordinary Lives, and People of Distinction, created by me, Al Cole from CBS Radio, now hosted by my amazing son, Benji Cole. You can check out People of Distinction on Apple Music or email me for exciting updates on my music and my books, too, especially Romance for Women on Amazon. Email me at al at alcoholic.com. You heard me right. That's A L at A-L-C-O-L-E-H-O-L-I-C.com. And I really want to thank my CBS radio listeners for coming up with that handle, Alcoholic. <laughs> Seems like from day one, my listeners have been saying, Al, we love what you're doing there, brother. In fact, we're hooked on it. We're Alcoholics. So here we go in classic form with a swing of a golf club as she hosts another charity golf tournament for wildlife and another incomparable Rhonda Grant show. So all together, everybody, here's Rhonda. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Rhonda Grant show right now. And I have many great guests on this show and I have a great guest coming up. If you've been searching for a deeper meaning in your life, go to Amazon and pick up my book, Magical Forces Within. You know, we're all ordinary people having extraordinary experiences, and we have a fantastic guest on the show today, Ron Imbach. 
we're going to find out about his extraordinary experiences. Ron is the president and a business transformational specialist who focuses on assisting small businesses to secure no-bid federal contracts, increase profits with cost savings, and maximizes growth and company value for his clients. Welcome to the Ron DeGrant Show, Ron. Thank you. I appreciate that. Glad to be here. Well, it's really nice to have you on the show. Was there anyone or anything that helped guide you on your path that you're on right now? Well, there have been many things over the years. I mean, I've had many, many mentors. Uh, You know, my education is very important. But, you know, one of the things you just learn and, and, you know, it's probably the thing I've learned the most in life is that relationships, whether they're personal relationships, whether they're professional relationships, and literally, I still have relationships that, that uh, for people that I value and, and spend time with from literally six or seven years old. And believe me, I'm, it's been a long time since I've been six or seven years old. Um, so, you know, that's incredibly important to me. So, you know, between just, you know, I think education is incredible. I think we should all try to be lifelong learners. I think that's incredibly important. Uh, and then just the relationships you people you meet. Uh, try to develop the skill that you listen a lot more than you talk, which that I enjoy talking like a lot of us do. Um, but you have to learn that, uh, that, you know, listening, most people like to talk about uh, themselves, tell you their stories and be willing to listen to that. And I mean, really listen so that, you know, you can ask good questions based on what you they've just said. Uh, and that's why that's how I think you build really strong lasting relationships that, you know, in my case, can last 40, 50 years or more. So that's incredible. Mm-hmm. It sure is. You know, with your introduction, um, I think that for some people, it might be big news that, um, that there's no bid federal contracts. Can you elaborate on that? Of course, of course. Um, <clears throat> what's important is that With no bid contracts, and I didn't just do the transition from relationship building to what I'm about to say, but it is a perfect transition. No bid contracts are all about relationships. Our program starts off, we get our clients procurement ready so they can be a primary contractor with the federal government. But then it very quickly goes into really focusing on the best contacts that have contracts for that specific business. So if we're working with a roofing company, okay, we're going to find the people with the federal, with various federal agencies that need those services. And then what we do, we uh, work with our clients and train them and coach them on how to build strong relationships with those people. And then what happens is with no bid contracts as, as, differentiated from bidding on contracts, which most people are familiar with for the federal government and local state, all those gov- all of those mm-hmm. uh, entities, is mm-hmm. that um, with the federal government, you can have no bid contracts because they don't have to bid out contracts. It's right in the federal regulations. So if they feel comfortable that a business is, is uh, hey, they're going to do a great job, they know what they're doing, you've educated You've gotten to know them. You've built a relationship. You've asked a lot of questions. 
you really wanted to be their resource, okay, for them, they feel comfortable enough with you that they're willing to give you a contract without even putting it out to bid. So thus, no bid contracts. Beauty of no bid contracts, you're going to know the price, right? So you're not wondering how much should I bid on this? And here's the other thing. There's no competition. So you can get a no bid contract with absolutely no competition. But the, but the key point is you got to build that strong relationship first. Mm -hmm. And how do you build that strong relationship? Well, as, as we probably all know ourselves, there are various ways to build relationships. I mean, you can build them. Some people respond incredibly well to phone calls. Some people are much better at responding to text or emails, whatever the case may be. And quite frankly, something we do that's a little different than what a lot of people do, especially in the high tech age that we're in, we actually have our clients send snail mail. Okay, with little things to remember us by, because we'll get back to that building relationships that, that I talked about in, in your first question. The way that you can make an impression, the way that you differentiate yourself from someone else, from another business that's trying to do, uh, uh, trying to work with that federal contact of yours. Let's say it's someone with the Department of Agriculture. You need to differentiate yourself, build the relationship, and sometimes even doing something like mailing. I mean, we once had a client once that mailed the little chocolate uh, coins. Obviously, this wasn't in the summer months when they did this, but mailed those little chocolate coins that are, you know, the wrapping is in gold, mailed those to, to one of, to, uh, in fact, I think several of their federal contacts with the, with the, uh, just a simple message of, I hope I can have some of your treasure as well with a federal contract. It ended oh, up going yeah. over so well that they ended up getting a call the next day and got a hundred or $150,000 contract just because they spent 50 cents on a couple of chocolates and sent them to the, uh, to their contact. So it can be something that simple, but no one else did that, but our client did it. Mm -hmm. Well, and also, uh, not a lot, a lot of people, uh, business people will take that time or have that time or, or will carve out that time in their day to do things like that. But um, with a television commercial, I know that they have touches and they have done studies that it takes a person seven times to see something before they actually see it because we tune so many things out. There's so much coming across our desk. And and so it's the touches that get the attention. And so a person, especially in sales, might uh, touch that client three or four times and give up because they think they're headed to a no anyway, so they may as well stop investing in it. Um, but that might be incorrect. Is it, Ron? Well, you know, we, in fact, in, in the seminar that we do for um, no bid federal contracts, we call it Thrive in a Recession because you can actually thrive with federal contracts, even in a recession, when other businesses are doing poorly. Um, one of, the, one of the, the slides in that talks about the number of times that the average person will do follow-up. And what's amazing, only 10%, this is not 10% of non-salespeople, this is 10% of salespeople will wow. follow up more than three times with a prospect. That, to me, that's amazing. Because mm -hmm. we found with federal contacts, 
That's why we, we tell folks with our program, follow the program, do not reinvent the wheel, do not change it, do not go with, we work with buyers, we work with end users, and we've been doing it for over 14 years. And this program came from the US Chamber of Commerce and it was developed over 30 years ago. So don't recreate the wheel because we found on average, it takes 12 to 16 touches. So more okay. than it would even in the commercial world. Okay. You get your first contract from a federal decision maker. So if you quit after three with all your, you'll never get a contract. So that's incredibly, incredibly important. So it's a great point. It's a great point. And most people don't do that. So you really stand out and differentiate yourself. We'll go back to that word differentiation. You really differentiate yourself when you take those extra and you know, and you never know what type of touch is going to appeal to a certain person. Like I mentioned before, it may be email with one person. It mm -hmm. may be, you know, a corny little mailer with three, you know, chocolate uh, with gold wrapping coins in it, or it could be a telephone call. You never really know. It could be, they may be great at trade shows or conferences. So if you say, oh, I'm never going to attend virtual or live trade show, you're also missing out on a lot of opportunities to build relationships. Incredibly important. Mm -hmm. Well, and if it's 12 or 16 times, if the touches are 12 or six time, 16 times, um, you have to be creative in all of those touches. You don't want all of those touches to be the exact same email or snail mail or whatever. Uh, it's a variety of different things that a person would do to accomplish their goal, I, I would imagine. Oh, you're, you're absolutely correct. In fact, we didn't tell that particular client that used the, the gold coins to do that. We had another person that used macadamia nuts a little small pack of macadamia nuts because mm -hmm. they had gotten to know the, the, um, the buyer fairly well. In one of their earlier conversations, the buyer happened to say, I'm going on vacation to Hawaii. So what did they do as a little intro in what they mailed them? They mailed them a letter. The first thing they said was, I hope you had a great time in Hawaii. And here's some macadamia nuts. Just don't you, just so you don't forget about the islands, something along those lines. We didn't tell them to do that, but they mm -hmm. used their own creativity. Now, you know, we, our, our program gives a systematic way of doing it. So right. it's not sporadic, random that you're, but as far as the creativity and what you're actually sending to them, absolutely. It's funny with the federal government that there has to be, for instance, there's something the federal government uh, a, a resume for the federal government is something called a capability statement. It's right. going to have your NACE codes on it. It's going to have that you're, you know, procurement ready. It's going to have your case code number on it. Okay, those that type of information. And literally, they want it in the exact position for every one of them they get. That may sound boring, but they'll kick out the capability statement in a heartbeat if your name is in the wrong place. Because I guess they look at so many of them, that's what we're told, is right. that if they look at it quickly and it's on the computer screen and your name is in the lower right corner and not in the upper left corner, boom, you're out. And that's, mm -hmm. that's incredible that you could lose. You could do a great job on a contract and lose it because your name or your address or your company name was in the wrong spot. 
that's true. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, we've heard many of those horror stories before. Mm-hmm. Well, it's their system and it's a way of uh, eliminating. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a way of eliminating and getting right to the person that they want to get to, I, I imagine. Uh, it's like yeah. publishers. Yeah, when yeah, no, and I, books, I 100% yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. And it's kind of like, you know, we, we've all heard that about resumes as well. Yes. That they have, they <laughs> have resume. the software. Yeah, the software will go through and it kicks out resumes. It's, and it's all about, you know, they may get 500 people applying for a job. It's not, sometimes it sounds, you know, counterintuitive, but it's not even sometimes about finding the best person for it. It's about eliminating down to a certain number that's manageable, and then you go with that number. You hope you get the best person, but the best person maybe didn't do the best resume. Um, I'd like to talk, uh, have you talk about uh, the coaching and uh, that you do as well. Actually, what is the difference between uh, coaching and consulting? Rhonda, that's an excellent question. And if I've addressed that question once in a seminar, I've addressed it many, many times. Let's just say it like that. Yeah, great. I've not really, I've not really counted. But here's the way I define coaching and, and consulting, because I've done both. Um, I look at coaching. If you think back, most of us played some kind of sport, or maybe you were a singer, you had a voice coach, something like that, or uh, uh, you know, someone was the, the, the conductor of, your, of the orchestra you were in or the choir or whatever the case may be. You had a coach, all right? A coach motivates, all right? A coach can be, you know, if you look on a, on a sidelines of an NFL football game, that coach that's on the sidelines, you can tell maybe they played at one time. It doesn't look like they played recently. Not trying to be mean, but that's just true. And a coach is a motivator. They're able to get the most out of their players. A business coach is the exact same way to me. You're able to coach a business, motivate them. And and I'm going to use two phrases that are incredibly important in coaching. And clients tell me this all the time. You give me, Ron, accountability. That's incredibly important. Because there are a lot of folks that are incredible. I mean, look at Michael Jordan. Is there a much better basketball player in the history of basketball on the planet than Michael Jordan was? My opinion, no. Okay. But Michael Jordan had multiple coaches. LeBron James has multiple coaches. Any great baseball player, football player, whatever the case may be, all the way up to CEOs as well. They have coaches. The reason they have coaches, they want someone. It doesn't mean if you're Michael Jordan that your coach knows more than you do overall about basketball. Or if you're Steve Jobs, uh, that your coach knows more than you do about computers. But your coach is able to motivate you and get the most out of you. And that's incredibly, incredibly important. And the concepts of of, uh, accountability. And the second one, and I've, I've heard this and it's a great compliment when I get it Mm -hmm. Ron, you're a great sounding board for me. Right. So I had one client. It's one of the nicest compliments I've ever got. He said, and he had a lot of actually much more experience than I had in business, but I was coaching him and he had had a lot of successful starting businesses from scratch, buying businesses. And a compliment he gave me was, I love to have a sounding board, someone I can bounce ideas off of 
And he said, a bright guy, a smart guy that I can bounce ideas off of. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he knew more about it than I did. No question about it. Okay, no question about it. But, uh, but the fact is, I can still take if someone from almost any, and I've worked with all kinds of industries, industries I've never specifically worked in. Okay. And I've been able to like, when they've told me, I'm thinking about this, or I'm thinking about that, I'll analyze it, ask what might be a fairly basic question, but it's a question that causes them to go, hey, I hadn't thought about it from that angle. Let me think about this and work the numbers again. Now, that's a coach. A consultant is someone, in my opinion, that's much better versed in, for instance, here's the way I do a lot of my consulting. I've done a lot of work with nonprofit organizations mm -hmm. as well raising a lot of money. One of my areas of expertise was estate gifts. Planned gifts is what you call them with nonprofits. So can I go into a nonprofit and fairly easily set up a pretty effective planned giving program? Absolutely. So I'm hands-on. I can go right in. I can train staff. I could work with donors because I know that industry real well. I can also do that with accounting firms. And of course, right now I can do that with, with, um, with companies that are interested in federal contracts. So I've got really, really good expertise, really strong expertise in that area. So I'm not just going in to motivate them. I might be going in to do the work. I might be going in to show the staff how to do the work. So you've got to have much more expertise in whatever that discipline or industry is, if you're a consultant mentors would be a similar type of thing as well. You know, in a, in a mentor situation, you've got to have certain expertise if you're trying to train someone who might be, you know, transitioning to your job or they might be training for another high-level position, something like that. So a mentor consultant is typically you're going to be much more, you know, knowledgeable. Um, where a coach, I'm not saying a coach isn't knowledgeable. So please don't send me my coaching buddies out there. Don't send me evil no. comments and mail. But what No, if they're different. They're just different. A coach is much more of a motivator, sounding board, and you keep your clients accountable. That's a business coach, just like, again, a sports coach. I mean, Andy, Andy Reid is a football coach with the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy was never as good a player as the players he coaches, but he's able to motivate them to get the best out of them. What they do, they won the the uh, the Super Bowl uh, last year, the year before, I think it was. But those kinds of people, I mean, Bill Belichick is another football coach with the New England Patriots, won a lot of Super Bowls, right? But he won them because he could motivate his players. He was never that kind of player. Okay, he could have never even made an NFL team, but he can motivate NFL players. Uh, but he had enough uh, knowledge also about the game uh, to be an effective coach. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you have to have knowledge. There's no question about it. You can't. But it's also the reason if you're a coach, a coach, you can take a successful coach. And there's a lot of examples of this, of coaches that have been able to coach in different sports. Because you're able to motivate people. So I don't have to even know if you're a coach and you're good at that, if you're good at training your coaches, okay, that maybe, maybe I'll just, again, give you a, another sports analogy because I love sports. Yes. You know, the, the best 
football, baseball, like, you know, coaches like that will tell you, I am good because I train my coaches on how, what they need to do. I don't need to know, you know, exactly the, the perfect technique in the three-point stance or exactly the way a wide receiver needs to do a certain thing. But I'm going to train my coaches to do that really, really well. Uh, so consequently, they're training people who are actually providing the expertise. So the coaches, the more like, let's say, again, I'll use football again, if you get a wide receiver or running backs coach, the running backs coach is more of a consultant because they're maybe saying, tuck the ball this way, you know, take the hit like this, spin this way, where the head coach is teaching them how to be a good coach. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Good. Yes, it sure does. Uh, well, that's, uh, you explained it perfectly, I think. Uh, they are two completely different things. And, uh, and so well done. And I'm really interested in hearing the story about you being trained and, uh, and then going out and uh, beginning your, sales, your selling. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a great story, and I and I I can't say that I've ever done a training class where I haven't used this this story. And, it, and yes. basically, basically, um, I had worked for about a year and a half doing um, sales. My first position was in real estate, doing real estate sales, and um, you know we were in an incredibly hot market when I started. That went to an ice cold market, so I don't think I ever got really good in sales. But I ended up during that really ice cold market transitioning over and I'd been an accountant. I had an accounting degree from undergraduate school. So I ended up finding a position that seemed like a perfect fit as the director of business development for a accounting firm slash consulting firm. Okay, nice fit. I knew the product real well. I just didn't want to do the actual accounting work. Okay, so um, so consequently, Consequently, I, I took this position, and the first full week that I had the position, they sent us off to, I don't know, New York, Chicago, I can't remember the exact location, for sales training. And we had 15 people because they were basically teaching CPA firms, consulting firms, how to do marketing and sales, which at that time in the early 90s, a lot of those firms had never done that type of marketing and sales to try and generate new business. So anyway, I was, I was at the training course and it took, you know, again, it was a full week. And at the end of the week, we did a final presentation and, Mm -hmm. you know, the instructor, as well as my, even my colleagues said, you by far are doing the best presentation. We can't even hang with you. And it was, I'm not trying to be boastful, but it was really a perfect presentation. It really, I could do it. (laughs) However, I found out three weeks later, that it wasn't just all about doing the perfect presentation. Because three weeks later, after we hired a team and we booked, and when I say a team, a team of telemarketers to set up appointments for me, and I managed those and hired them, we had that trainer come come to our local market for a week of going out on appointments to see how we were doing. So the first three days that that person and I went out, I had, you know, I averaged three, four appointments a day with different businesses. I came back at the end of Wednesday and she was encouraging the whole time, but I came back to the office with her on Wednesday and I was frustrated. I was O for 10, 11, 12, however many I had. 
And I just couldn't believe it. You know, I looked at her and I said, maybe I should go back to being an accountant because obviously I can't sell this. You, I thought I had the best presentation and I'm terrible at this. And she consoled me and she said, well, Ron, she said, let's talk about it. Um, and I said, well, let me ask you, am I that bad at doing the presentation? She said, no, your presentation is just as good as it was when you went through training. I said, well, then what's the problem? <laughs> if it's that good, why is no one buying it? And she said, well, what's the one thing you did not do and or didn't do nearly enough? At first, I was at a loss. And then she said, the one thing you didn't do that's imperative to sales, you have to find out what they want. You have mm -hmm. to stop talking and ask your prospect questions. Because without that, you know, you may be going in a completely wrong direction with this particular person. Mm -hmm. You've got your perfect presentation all lined up. You know, it's like you've got you've got the 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 um, the ammunition, but you're firing at the wrong target. You find <laughs> out what they want. You find out what their needs are. How can you help them? Mm -hmm. And then you're going to do better. So the last two days of that week. Um, I had, uh, I think, maybe five appointments one day and maybe three or four the other day. So I had eight or nine. And I took that advice and I went home and I practiced in the mirror and I really got good at asking questions. I even, you know, did a little role playing with, with my trainer on Wednesday. Anyway, I come back, have my, you know, eight, nine appointments over the last two days. I sold half of the appointments. And they became new clients, new business Bravo. clients for the firm. Yeah. So moral of the story, I don't care how good a speaker you are. And I had done some broadcasting at the time yes. you know, and some voiceover work. And I could do a great presentation. I'd done seminars. But I found out when you're selling, you've got to learn. And I'm just going to be blunt. Mm -hmm. And you have to shut up. Yes. <laughs> you can't be the one talking all the time. You've got to ask questions. Now. The thing, the amazing thing about asking questions is that you find you can direct the conversation. And that's what you want to do. You do want to kind of direct the conversation, but you really yes. the goal has to be find out what their needs are. And then whatever your product or service is, how does it meet those needs? How do you eliminate their pain? If you can yes. do that. You're going to be much more successful. Right. Well, and I think back to the first conversation that you and I had, and uh, you asked me a lot of questions. And so you certainly learned that skill very well. And uh, I just love talking to you Thank because you. you asked you asked me questions and I didn't stop talking. I didn't stop talking and then realized, well, I'm the host of the show. I'm probably going to have to start asking you some <laughs> questions now. <laughs> Well, I, I'm, I'm going to look forward to having you on on what on my show when I when I get it started. So I'll be able to ask you a lot of more questions. Oh, I, I'd love that. Thank you. You're listening to the Rhonda Grant Show, whose podcast has been treated with digital audio health by Symatrex. And I'm speaking with Ron Imbach, who is a business coach and advisor specializing in no-bid federal contracts for small businesses. How may people contact you or reach out to you, Ron? We actually have a lot. Um, we do a lot of like, obviously, we're, we're out there ourselves generating yes. a lot of leads, but we get a lot of things from our websites. 
Uh, and in addition to that, we just, you know, we've been doing more podcasts. My partner, uh, Chip Ellis, and I, we're both trying to do, I'll be the one on our podcast doing our new one. But we're both guests on a lot of podcasts like I am today. Um, and it's amazing the kind of response we've got because a lot of folks just, when you even say like one of your earlier questions, what's a no-bid contract? What is that? Mm-hmm. We get that all the time. So there's a huge curiosity. Uh, 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 element to this. And folks just, okay, tell me what it is. And since the federal government literally buys everything, they are the biggest customer in the world for any business out there. So any business listening, they are your biggest potential customer if you're working with the federal government. They will spend this year nearly a trillion dollars on stuff. It takes far less time for me to tell you what they don't buy than what they do buy. Oh my goodness. It's incredible. So, mm-hmm. so anyway, so that's, you know, that we get a lot of calls because of that, because most people get scared um, from about uh, federal uh, government contracts because of a lot of what I'll call myths, the myths of federal contracting. Okay. That you have to be the low bidder. You don't have to be with the federal government. That's a myth. That um, that you have to be um, the um, that all federal con- contracts have to be bid. There's no such thing. Well, I can show you in the regulations, the federal regulations, that there are no bid contracts. Many states and, and local uh, governments don't have no bid contracts. You have to bid and you have to be the low bidder. The other thing I hear on a regular basis, especially and I'm not trying to to you know, uh, dump water on on any kind of on city or, or states or, or county or anything like that, but mm-hmm. they do occasionally come up short on cash. So I have had many clients tell me that, oh my goodness, you know, they didn't pay me for sixty days, ninety days, hundred twenty days. Well, the federal government—it's a federal regulation—they have to pay you within thirty days of uh, of you invoicing them or they pay a substantial penalty. Mm-hmm. And when I say substantial penalty, it's 150% of what they owe you. So oh, they owe geez. you 10 grand, don't pay you on time, they got to pay you 15 grand. Wow. Now, what's significant about that, and then I'll wrap this up with that, but what's significant about that is that the federal government, because of that regulation, you shouldn't think that you're going to get a 50% bonus on every job if someone's doing a federal job, a contract. What you should look at it is they're going to pay me on time because they don't want to pay a 50% bonus on every job. So that's why when, when I say that they pay you on time, that's why they've got a very strong incentive to pay their bills on time. So they're not going to be late. You can rely on their payment coming in. Yeah, it's a reliability. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What extraordinary discovery have you found in your life, Ron? Uh, I would say, I mean, I can, I can give you a lot, but I would say there, there have been two major ones that I yes. would say, and the one I've talked about quite a bit, so I'm going to just mention it, and then I'm going to go to the other one that I think is incredibly important. And the one is, it is all about relationships, whether it's yes. personal, whether it's business. If you're good at building a relationship 
people, when they talk to you, they know he really or he or she really cares about what I say, what my needs are. And if you're in sales, that he or that he, in my case, I'm going to stop going he, she, or I'll say that every time, that he really wants yes. to help me. He's not just in it to get a sale. That's incredibly important. And that's how you have to build relationships. And again, that's the whole gist of our whole no-bid program. Build relationships. Because if you don't build strong relationships, you won't get the no-bid contracts. Just bottom line. I, we even mm-hmm. tell our clients in our seminar, if you don't build strong relationships, or if you're not good at that, you don't like to do it, you don't want to do it, don't get into our program. It's just because if you're not good at building relationships, this is not a good fit for you. Second mm-hmm. thing, in addition to relationships, I would say is the importance. And when you're you know, an old, older guy like I am, you've learned throughout the years that any successful person has had many times in the past when they failed. Now, they haven't completely failed. So that's why two terms that I'll use are basically synonymous, perseverance and resilience are incredibly important. You, for someone to be successful, really successful, you look at a, a major CEO of a, of a company, if you look at a politician, if you look at a sports celebrity, you know, Michael Jordan had a great quote, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but basically it was, it was pointing out how many last-second shots he had missed throughout his career, but mm-hmm. that's what made him successful because he kept taking it. And that's what allowed him to be the greatest basketball player of all time. So you have to be able to, once you fall down, once you stumble, you got to be able to pick yourself up, not get too down on yourself, learn from your mistakes, but you got to keep going and you got to keep trying. The winners and the people who ultimately succeed the most are the people that just didn't stop. If you make a mistake, if you fail, you fall down and you don't pick yourself up and keep going, then you really have failed. If you give up, then you actually have failed. But until I used to tell clients when I was a financial advisor, I would get clients that would call and they'd just be crazy about, oh my goodness, the market went down 500 points today. Look how much money I lost. To which my response every time in a calm tone was, did we sell any of your stocks that went way down today? It's like, well, no. Then did you really lose anything? You lost some money on paper, but I'll bet you tomorrow or the next day or whatever, but I usually say tomorrow, I'll bet that's going to be one of the biggest days of the year where the market's up. Because almost always when you look at the stock market, right after a big decline, Mm -hmm. big decline, you have a big increase. Mm -hmm. Unless there's like, unless the fundamentals are just really bad. Go back to 2008, that's not the case, but you know, most of the time it is. So it's like, just calm down. And I've, if I've said this once when I was an advisor, I said it, you know, a hundred times. Just relax, go get a glass of wine, have a nice dinner with your spouse. Don't worry about it. I'll keep an eye on it for you. It'll Mm -hmm. be fine. And I would get the call in the next few days. It's like, oh my goodness, I'm so glad I didn't sell everything. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Mm -hmm. You don't panic. Well, and I mean, it's not so much the case anymore, but um, generally people thought 
that successful people were overnight sensations. They didn't realize that they had a long history of successes and failures along the way. And that uh, it was in the failures that they learned the most. And it was in uh, what you talked about is the resiliency of a person Mm -hmm. and their belief in themselves. Uh, So that's a, that's a really, thank you for that lesson. It was, it's wonderful. Um, Do you feel that you've been called? To your journey or guided to what you do? I do because, you know, we'll go back to the relationships again. I truly like people. I really, mm-hmm. really do. I love to meet people. I love to hear their stories because we've all got great stories to tell. And I love to tell stories myself. Um, but we've all got great stories to tell. And I think in doing what I do now, whether it's uh, you know, in business, whether it's personally, whether it's volunteer work I'm doing, work I'm doing at my church, you know, whatever the case may be, it's all about getting to know people. And I really do like people. If you took me, if I were still an accountant and you had me in an office in a cubicle, just or, you know, and nothing against my accounting friends. I love, I've got a lot of accounting friends or my computer programming friends. And you just said, Go off into this room and program the computer, okay, or do do design a system or something. It would drive me absolutely crazy because mm-hmm. I'm a natural extrovert, but not an extrovert that I just have to be talking all the time. Myself, I love to listen, but it's still the interaction with people. It's still the relationships that are so, so important to me. And... I have to be doing that. And I find in the work I'm doing now, I get to meet a whole lot of interesting people, which is wonderful. I get to do what you mentioned when we spoke the first time. I get to ask a lot of questions. I get to talk to people and get them to tell their story and open up. And that starts to form a good relationship uh, with a whole lot of people. And I, you know, I value that again, whether it's personal, whether it's when I've worked in big companies, small companies boards of directors, seminars I give, uh, things like that. I just, I love to, I love that interaction with, you know, other people and audience, whatever. I really enjoy that. Mm -hmm. Well, you can tell, I mean, it's just wonderful to have you as a guest on my show. What is your website? Uh, You mentioned your website, but you didn't tell us what your website was just in case people wanted to go and look around. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we have two websites. I have two companies. I have one that I'm the president of, one that I'm the executive director for. The one that focuses exclusively on the no-bid contracts is www.fedfedprofits, with an S on the end, so www.fedprofits.com. That's our website that really focuses on our no-bid uh, contracting program, all right? It gives you you know, benefits, our top 40 industries, a lot of information like that. We also have another company called the Center for Business Innovation. Our website for that is www.superchargeprofits.com. Okay, super, just the word super, charge, no D on the end, profits with an S on the end. So superchargeprofits.com. That's that has our no-bid program on it as well. But in addition to that, we offer cost savings programs for our clients. Because if you if your revenue goes through the roof, but your costs are going up at the same or a greater rate, your profits are not going to grow up, 
are not going to, to go where you want them to go. So we mm-hmm. want to help you grow your revenue and grow your profits. And if you're doing that, the other thing you're accomplishing is growing the value of your business, which is obviously what, you know, any of us who have thought, you know, if I grow this to a $5 million business, wouldn't this be great to sell it? Well, those are the types of things you have to do. You have to have sustainable revenue flows and you have to be profitable and you have to be increasing your profits and your profit percentage. If you do that, you're building the value of your business. So if you want to sell it someday, you know, and that's how you're going to retire, that's what your your goal is. You got to think about things like that. So um, so that's that's incredibly, incredibly important. So looking at cost savings, we have other types of services we offer there as well to increase revenue from B2B, B2C sales uh, through coaching and other other uh, programs we have. But again, our bread and butter is still increase your revenue with uh, with no bid federal contracts, because quite frankly, you know, only 25 percent of the revenue that's been set aside by the federal government for small businesses actually goes to small businesses. Which the other side of that, of course, is 75 percent is being left on the table. So why not? Why not show our clients how they can get their fair share of that 75%? That's what our goal is. Thank you. Thank you so much uh, for being on the show, Ron. It was You're so interesting to listen to. I love your storytelling for sure. Thank and you. Thank, you're welcome. And thank you for all the information that you shared with the listeners today. It's just fantastic having you on the show. I really appreciate that. It's been it's been my pleasure to be on it. You're a great uh, you're a great host uh, because you also I'll return your compliment from before. You're great at asking questions and getting to know someone. So I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Theme song coming up for the Rhonda Grant show is Sun on the Water. It's composed and performed by my friend John Park Wheeler. This is Rhonda Grant with the Rhonda Grant show author of Magical Forces Within, Extraordinary Discoveries in an Ordinary Life, inviting you to look for the magical forces within yourself today and every day. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you would like to find out more information about Rhonda and her upcoming guests and the work that she does, go to her website, rondagrantauthor.com. That's rondagrantauthor.com. 